Bonjour, Recording. Rick Howard. Rick Howard. Bonjour, Signor Rick Bonjour, Signor Rick Howard. Famed robot detective. Rick Howard. This is ridiculous, Rick Howard. Why are you always making these silly origamis? <laughs> yeah. Why you should be solving the crime? Hunting the replicants. Replicant. Even this one has a penis. <laughs> so absurd. Ridiculous. chapeau de las Christi. Which means my damn hat is broken. His hat is broken. Welcome, Welcome to Oops All Monsters, the deadly unserious show about creatures, cryptids, and curiosities curated by two weirdos from wild and wonderful West Virginia. Woo. That weirdo with me, when he's not haunting the wings of the paradise in a chrome <laughs> bird helmet, preparing to unleash the power of his rock and roll cantata on the people of America is Gavin. What? <laughs> I had a feeling that was one you would not know. I discovered this subject yeah. later in life. It is from a uh, Brian, early Brian De Palma film called 20th Century Fox presents Phantom of the Paradise, a gothic horror story. What was that? A beautiful love story. A cinematic odyssey through the rock universe. From Greece to glitter wow! and beyond. That um, we're going to have to cover as a topic sometime because it's one of my favorite things. It's kind of a Phantom of the dokey. Opera meets the the decadence of 1970s <laughs> um, hit-making yeah. record industry bullshit. Uh, and it is fucking insane. And I, 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 you know, we might throw that term around, uh, fucking insane, but this movie is legitimately fucking insane. It is one of my favorite things. Phantom of the Paradise. Uh, yeah. Um, well, it sounds like it. We're going to have to, we're going to have to do that. Because it is so gonzo. It is. Yeah. It's, and it's one of my favorite things. Um, but, but, but this weirdo with me who is taunting Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman by carving things into the linoleum is yes. Whew. Yeah. Ooh. To think I could have been taunting Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman by uh, sexually <laughs> groping young boys <laughs> on Hollywood uh, Hollywood sets <laughs> for decades. I would have really stuck it to them. Um, yeah, and, here, he... here, and here we are, <laughs> as we always are, to delight and grope you with tales of mysterious monsters from <laughs> mythology. Film, literature, TV, as well as gaming from the console to the tabletop and beyond. On a rotating basis, each of us brings a monster into the shop, unknown to the other presenter, and discusses their origins and implications for the benefit of you, dear readers at home. Quick reminder, check out that uh, hot, fresh Instagram account. It is what you think it is. Very oops, fresh. At, at oops, all monsters. It's not something it's, else. Yeah. No, it's very fresh. Not, it's not Instagram.net or something. Nope. Um, it's not a fake site like uh, like it's or it's not a mail site where you get uh, an actual instant gram. 
<laughs> oh, yeah, okay. I, or, okay. like, no, I thought a mail site, like, people would send you their used gentleman's underwear or something. Um, no, that's a mail but, uh, No, it's, uh, it's Instagram. I think people know what Instagram is. I'm not sure, though. I don't know what the kids know and what they don't know. Yeah. Um, I be- it's best it's best to ignore it. I'm mostly, um, yeah, I'm mostly... <laughs> Whittling into uh, whalebone these days, so it's uh, yeah. I, j- I keep just rewatching Seven, <laughs> which is better for your mental health than Meta. Uh, <laughs> but before we get into into our monster of the week, um, we take a brief detour into the strange and unlikely corners of the English language that we like to call vocabulary. Gavin, what the fuck do you have for villainous vocabulary today? I have a wonderful word that I think I've got a couple of times. The word is limerence. Limerence? L-I-M-E-R-E-N-C-E. Limerence. Um, limerence. Which is the opposite of infatuation. It's whenever you fall helplessly in love with somebody just because of love. And the need for them to love you, too, instead of, like, the sexual, uh, uncontrollable sexual attraction. It's an uncontrollable emotional attraction. Wow. An involuntary, potentially inspiring state of adoration and attachment to a limerent object involving intrusive and obsessive thoughts, feelings, and behaviors from euphoria to despair. Contingent on perceived emotional reciprocation. Contingent on perceived emotional recipro- reciprocation. So you, you, te- yeah. you technically can't just pine for somebody like Emily Dickinson style from a couple of like properties over with them not knowing. They you have to you have to you have to at they least have to know imagine you, exist. you yeah. have to at least imagine that they are into it too. Which is yeah, and the attention that they give you, rather negative or positive, is um, f- following in line with your level of an, of. Uh, Adoration. Wow, a, a, yeah, a form uh, a form of enthusiasm that is both that both requires reciprocation and is uh, not sexually creepy. No wonder yeah. we've never heard of it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> who would want such a thing? Get out of here. Um, Get out of here with you. Well, limerent, how, you limerent fool. <laughs> how, fa- how fascinating. L i m e r e n c e. The noun. Fucking fascinating. Okay, I like that one. I wouldn't have come across yeah. that, I feel like, in a million years. Um, <laughs> all right, well, that has been Villainous Vocabulary. Villainous Whoa, vocabulary. holy shit. Okay. So, uh, I think you're more likely to get this than from my um, my, re- <laughs> my reference or than the uh, fan- the phantom reference earlier. I think Gavin, there's a potential that you will pick this one up. Um, oh, you're, you're gonna have, Schumacher. You're gonna you're gonna have you're gonna have some guesses. Um, <laughs> so, if you would imagine, yes. if you will, you're a shit kicking local rebel with engineer boots in 1988. You're wearing a yeah. leather jacket. You got a mullet. And while the rest of the town is screaming their ambrosia salad sucking faces off at the high school football game, you know what you're doing? 
You're smoking cigarettes in the woods at the edge of town, getting your nerve up to jump your motorcycle over the busted old wooden walking bridge. And <laughs> who is there watching you? Nobody. You're just doing it because it's badass. Yeah. <laughs> this attempt, you almost make it, but your engine sputters and loses half of its power at the last second, and you have to bail, finding yourself 20 feet at the bottom of the dry creek bed, getting a standing ovation from the town's old hobo and his mangy dog. Kevin, so far, has this given you a guess as to what this uh, what this monster might be? Uh, my brain is dragging ass today for, like, any recollection. So, well, you, uh, you, you find, a, a, after you dust your black leather jacket off and push your busted Triumph motorcycle back toward the road into town, you get hassled by the sheriff or the sheriff's deputy for no fucking reason. And <laughs> later that evening, you run into that same old crusty town hobo and he's meandering down the street looking all fucked up. It's relatively late. The sun is down at this point and he's got something on his hand that he's yammering about that came out of a, a rock or out of a stone in the sky. He's not making any sense. And a big fucking 80s car comes barreling down the road and almost totally pancakes his ass onto the highway. But you knock him out of the way just, just enough that he isn't totally destroyed. And when you look at him, it's true, he does have a strange, viscous, pink globule that is <laughs> stuck onto his hand. It appears to be throbbing and undulating in an unnatural fashion, almost as if it's consuming his flesh. Gavin, does this give you any better indication as to what this topic for today might be? Um, is it the Blob remake? It is the motherfucking 1988 remake of 1958's oh. The Blob. Kevin Dillon. I'm Kevin Dillon. You are, in this case, <laughs> Kevin fucking Dillon. Right. Um, who is actually uh, wearing black hair extensions to get that uh, shit-kicking mullet. <laughs> he had short hair at the time. He was not thrilled about the mullet, and at the time, I was watching it with my partner the other night, and I was like, you know, if you didn't know better, I would think that was kind of a fucking wig. You know, it was yeah. like, like, if you if you just shot this sli uh, to be, it's like, slightly funnier, that could totally be a wig. And then later, I was like, yeah, oh, it's like yeah. half a wig, but, uh, you know, it, <laughs> but, you know, you can see his hairline and everything, and he's, you know, like 20, so um, yeah. it's, you know, it's, it's clearly not a wig. Um, well, so this is 1988's The Blob. If it had a mind, you could reason with it. If it had a body, you could shoot it. If it had a heart, you could kill it. Now, man is no longer the supreme being on this planet. 
the organism is growing at a geometric rate. By all accounts, it's at least a thousand times its original mass. Nobody believes me about what happened tonight. What did happen? You were there, you saw. Plasmic life form that hunts its prey. Predator. I want that organism alive. I think you ticked it off. No shape. Which is a redux of the original 1958 uh, The Blob starring Steve McQueen. Um, Same same title, um, just as the first. Um, Gavin, what's your relationship to having seen either or both The Blob films? Well, The Blob, uh, I wasn't allowed to see it because it was... um, too graphic and scary. Guess what I was allowed to see? Friday the 13th. <laughs> um, like Nightmare on Elm Street. Any of them. But the blob specifically like must uh-huh. have caught my mom's eye. And like that one I wasn't allowed to see for like a year. And I remember that because we had HBO and everything. And like huh. the whenever the blob came on. And like for good reason. There's a couple scenes in it that are fucking pretty, pretty child- uh, terrifying yeah like uh the special effects in it are pretty i remember a lot of melting upset me <laughs> it's a it's a it's a very yeah it's a it's a very melty movie i you know yeah isn't isn't melting one of the most um just uh basically upsetting ideas to happen to to a person mentally you know what I mean? Yes. When you when you think like things I don't want to happen to me. You know what I mean? Like yeah. burning, drowning, disintegrating, melting into yeah. a, a a stew. You know, and yeah. and the blob we're gonna get into extensively, so to speak, um, <laughs> is uh, is is a movie that really um, it, it kills people in some ways that have this very profound <laughs> psychological. Um, fear base in them, something that is has a very caveman caveman anxiety of just like turning into a a, a puddle of yourself, which is which you know yeah n- uh, you don't want you hate to see it. Nothing moves the blob. Yeah, what and like once you get it on you, it's it's um a desperate. It's like a it's it's like a save. Like a save roll versus, um, like yeah, it's it's not a, yeah, it's yeah, it's it's not an it's not something that's attacking to hit you. It's it's um yeah, it's just like you maybe get it off instantly or you're completely done. You have yeah, you, yeah. Have, you have one turn to make like a <laughs> a twenty five con save to maybe get it off, or other, otherwise yeah. you're you're out of there. Um, yeah, that's like the, the, the first time that that saves have actually applied to anything that I've thought about. Yeah, <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons reference. Dungeons and Dragons. It's a Dungeons and Dragons thing. But um, yeah, um, the blob, the '80s blob, was the first thing that I saw, so it was awesome and um, scared the crap out of me, and like established the bar for what the blob is. Uh-huh. And then I saw the original one. Which was awful because you don't want to like you don't want to backtrack in special effects and like um, no 
like no. like acting nuance. Like the the eighties rock and roll kick ass rebel is a lot different from the Steve McQueen <laughs> mo- yeah. mooing at the at the uh, uh, what what do you call it terrarium aquarium uh, the planetarium planetarium yeah you think is, it would be yeah the, you think it would be the, based in the word star not in the ba- not in the word planet but whatever yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, the Dear the 80s, the 80s kick-ass motorcycle Dylan was way different than the mooing at the Taurus constellation Steve McQueen <laughs> rebel who was yeah. just kind of like a, a an asshole in high school rather than like getting kicked out for like switchblades and rock and roll. Yeah. Well, <laughs> there's a, a, here's the thing. I I think that the um the place where the blob sits the 1950s blob, the OG blob, um, in terms of cinema history as being kind of, um, a punchline, that, that, that the shadow of being a punchline is, is cast so deeply that it really, um, it really affected the perception of the eighties blob because uh, admittedly, the '50s blob was a lot better in the '50s because yeah. expectations <laughs> yeah. were different, and you could you could get a bunch of silicone with some red dye and push it through a miniature doorway and create tension. <laughs> you know, yeah. you, you get some cellos, you get some brass instruments, and you get Steve McQueen play. You get Steve McQueen pretending to be 17 at age 29. Yeah. <laughs> And go like, oh no! Run away from the slowest moving thing you've ever seen. And yeah. uh, and because you made it, because you made a competent, ish film around it, it's it's doable. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like it's uh, it's a it's a matinee. Yeah. But you go back and watch it, and you're like, mm, that, I I kind of want to take a bite of that blob. That, uh, that yeah. like yeah. that's a I don't know what that blob is, but I want what's it what is it strawberry or cherry? What like it doesn't <laughs> it's not it's just not a thing that s- elicits terror in anybody. Yeah. Um. You know, if, if at best it's conceptually scary, the yeah. idea that you could just be swallowed up, and in a way, then therefore it kind of takes on some of the super metaphor films uh, that come out of, um, you know, the, the super metaphor science fiction and horror terror of particularly the forties and the fifties and the early cold war, where people are just really scared, really hard in a generic way that they don't know how to apply to. And they also don't necessarily know how to make, um, intelligent (laughs) metaphors about either the Russians or communism or um, alienation via capitalism or whatever the fuck. So instead they're just yeah, like, big sticky thing, but, you know, the, whatever. Yeah, the first, like, the first um, successful economy after wartime ever. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, now now what? What is this anxiety of um, comfortability yeah, that I have in my, in my I w- suburban I wasn't bullshit. even trying to find <laughs> that. You just, like, dragged me down the three stairs into the basement to the idea that the 1950s blob is honestly... A, an accidental critique of mid 20th century's uh, like descent into intense consumerism. And I didn't yeah. even have that thought until just now. I was not like, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't load that 12 gauge, like, you know, three days ago and walk it into the, into the classroom just now. 
Like I wasn't, I wasn't even, I wasn't even fucking bothering to think that hard about the 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 fifties, the blob, because yeah. it really just walks up to you and is like, turn me into a metaphor. It's fine. You, whatever you well, want, I got it. Nothing moves the blob. After I watched the first blob years, like t- twenty years ago. Um, more than that, probably. But after I watched the first Blob, I've been thinking about, like, comparing the both of them. Like, I've been thinking about the comparison ever since. Yeah. Like, about every, like, three or four months, I will have a Blob comparison thought and just go <laughs> off on, like, into how the 80s and 50s are weirdly connected and blah, blah, blah. And then that, you know, you know, that whole train of thought bullshit. <laughs> That every fallout, that every fallout Back to the Future fan has. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know the blob. Um, yeah, <laughs> this is going to be a case where I um, go ahead and play some of my hand um, early in in the game and say I really like the 1988 Blob remake, and yes. I, I did, of course, watch it again for the show. Even yeah. having seen it a few times, in case you all think I'm super crazy, I'm not going to like review a, 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 a movie topic without rewatching the movie for the show. And um, it, it totally solidified um, my uh, the, the reasons that I remembered for liking the movie and then a whole bunch of new ones. And I really enjoyed watching it. And both my partner and I said, like, man, the blob gets better every time you watch it. And yeah. I, I think it's completely true because it, it's just like, it's kind of like, um, what I, what would I say? It's kind of like a, it's like a, it's like a $25 steak. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're not, <laughs> you're not going to fucking tavern on the green or something. You know, you're, yeah. you're, you're not in Paris, but it's, it's not yeah. a $79 steak, but it, but <laughs> yeah. it, 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 it's uncomplicated and it's good and it's oddly intelligent, and they really nail the parts that you want them to nail. And if, yeah. you're, if you're not familiar with the movie, this is another case where I sound like a broken record, where I'm like, go watch this maybe before you listen to this whole episode. But if you're somebody that like <laughs> somehow consumes this show and doesn't watch horror movies, you're a weird little slice in a Venn diagram, buddy. But, um, you know, <laughs> we'll keep taking the clicks. So, you know, let's, um, you know, keep listening. Because the blob kicks ass. So, um, as we uh, mentioned before, the the main character is uh, played by Kevin Dillon, who's famous for all sorts of other shit. He was in The Outsiders (laughs) as a teen before that. Um, And he plays uh, the local rebellious um, teen, Brian Flagg. And uh, he ends up playing... Uh, across from the female lead that is, ends up being Shawnee Smith, who has become yeah. kind of a uh, that lady of horror throughout throughout the years. Yeah, um, she's she's fantastic. Gavin, you can can you think of anything else that Shawnee Smith has been in where she was? Well, um, she was in all of the damn uh, Saw movies. Yes. And, and she and she was like uh, predominantly a, a staple in the Becker TV show, <laughs> the totally non punchline <laughs> show that people definitely watched and didn't just refer to in Hollywood meetings. Yeah. Becker with Ted Danson, Be- yeah, Becker. <laughs> in Becker, no, she was she was his secretary, yeah. Okay, 
Sassy secretary. Got it. Well, yeah. However many seasons of Becker, I'm sure she. I'm sure she got to there, pay, there's pay like for a house twenty seasons of Becker. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure she's not complaining about it. Uh, but uh, Shawnee Smith is great, and um, yeah, and uh, Kevin Dillon is is fantastic. But one of my favorite things about this um, about this remake, and I don't want to keep referring it to to it as a remake because in a way it's head and shoulders above the other movie in ways that we're going to address. And, and one of them is this weird audible juke pass that they do with the characters at minute 25. Gavin, do you have any idea what I mean? I uh, know. So, no, so I, when I haven't you, um, paid attention, watched it. In like when the years. movie starts, you're introduced to the character of Paul and Shawnee yeah. Smith's character who were like, romantic interest, you know, kind of like um, cheerleader, uh, vanilla girl, and hot quarterback stud, cool jock dude, like um, obvious thumbs up winners who were going to who were going to save America from blobs. And and very little blob stuff happens toward the beginning. You know, it, it, it the meteor shoots down. And cracks open and the hobo guy, you know, obviously pokes it in a stick because when a meteor comes down, it's got weird goo in it. You just can't stop yourself from poking it with a stick. <laughs> and it globs him. I'm just poking meteor globs yeah. just every fucking day. Yes. Yeah, Stephen uh, King who, does it too. It's a compulsion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And 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 they so the 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 hobo guy gets globbed and Kevin Dillon's driving his triumph bike out in the woods and they all literally crash together as in my imagine if you will on the road and they're like fuck you you're a you're you're a, a guy in a leather jacket he's like fuck you you're a jock this old yeah. this old hobo is gonna die we gotta get him to the hospital and it's your fault he's like your fault you suck and i hate your haircut so they all end up going and going to the <laughs> little little tiny town um one doctor no emergency like painting her nails kind of secretary like kind of hospital situation. And they're yeah. like, can you get this guy? I think he's got a weird thing on his hand. He's fucked up. It's like, no, you ran him over with a car. It's like, yeah, but this is a horror movie. He's got a thing on his hand. They're like, fuck you. You got a weird haircut. Get out of my face. And, <laughs> yeah. and so, uh, Kevin, Dill Kevin Dillon gets, just gets the fuck out of there because he's getting hassled by the authorities, man. And he's just trying to be himself. And so yeah. Yeah. quarterback and Sh Paul and Shawnee Smith hang out to figure out what happened, what's going to happen. And quarterback is like, this, this oh, no. he, he's, he's worried. He goes and checks on the, the old hobo and he looks and suddenly the old hobo is just melted from the rib cage down. He's just, he's just, he, his, he's like a, like a, like a tw 25 foot salad shooter just ran up from his feet and just chopped yeah. him into nothing. He's he's just jello from the sternum to the floor. And when they yeah. roll him over, they're like, ah, that's not good. You never want to see that. And so he goes into the doctor's office to call the cops while the doctor is having like a, a shooting himself session. And then Paul's <laughs> like, what is that sound? And Paul looks up and this like 
terrifying, shivering pink mass jumps down from the ceiling and swallows Paul whole. And you're like, oh, shit, Paul's not the fucking protagonist of this movie. And then Shawnee (laughs) Smith walks in next scene and Paul is just a, a, a pile of goo on the ground screaming with his hand out. He's like, you know, he's like a toddler tra- trapped in 50 gallons of old chewing gum. Going, this, is, this is not how I wanted you to see me. And then yeah. damn, they're, like, they're like, I don't know what is happening. I remember watching that movie when I was like, I don't know. I remember watching it at, at like 10 years old at Richard Lewis's house and going like, whoa, that was a weird. Who's the who's in charge of them? Who's in charge of the movie now? Who's the hero? Yeah. And, and <laughs> specifically. Um, the director and writer, uh, respectively, Chuck Russell and Frank Darabont, said they had wanted to uh, pay homage to Psycho, which obviously famously starts yeah. the film with about 20 minutes of one protagonist who, you know, steal, steals all the money from her job and yeah. then gets, gets quote unquote, safely away and then is just fucking done Sorry if I spoil Psycho for you, listeners. But um, gets gets totally done in a, she- a scene you may have heard of with a knife and a shower, and uh, and then you're like, who the fuck is this? Who the fuck is the star of this movie? And then you know another detective guy shows up, and you're like, oh, okay, interesting. So that handoff goes from Paul to Kevin Dillon and Shawnee Smith because they really kind of play a uh, chaotic versus lawful duo. Yeah. In um in 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 Kevin Dillon's Brian and Shawnee Smith's I should remember her fucking name, but it's just, you know, I'm not I'm never gonna remember every character. And 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 so they bumble through a series of events where the blob eats a whole lot of motherfuckers and uh does a whole bunch of um, wild special effects gags uh, on individuals and sometimes on groups and has some really wacky wild kills that I think your mom actually might have had some good good um, intu- intuition about being like, yeah. that's fucked up. <laughs> Cause, yeah, she, cause, well, you know what? She might have watched it and compared it to things like Friday the 13th and stuff like that. I mean, Friday the 13th is fucked up. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's not a really like melty graphic or anything. Yeah, in a way, in a way, in a, but the thing is, people get killed by machetes in life. And people yeah. don't usually get swallowed by, um, you know, military viruses that were shot out into space as a project <laughs> to determine uh, whether it could kill millions of Russians if necessary. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. because uh, later on, uh, it turns out that the um, the, uh, the 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 government conspiracy in disguise, the the guys in the the big white suits with the plastic windows and the M16s who show up on mass led by um a character named Dr. Meadows um yeah. we we find out not just in uh tinfoil hat type conspiracy layers but also in the discovery of like a pod that it came from that has like uh American flag markers and you know US- <laughs> yeah. USSR era relevant um kind of russian markings on it that in some way it was a known pro- viral project 
that yeah. got out of hand and unfortunately dropped dropped down whoopsie doodle in um, middle small town America. In Phoenixville, Pennsylvania. <laughs> <laughs> and Scranton, Pennsylvania. And the and uh, 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 and um while you mentioned that I should I should not forget to mention that however the film was shot in Louisiana somewhere. Um yeah. this one most of it was shot so they they stayed up all night, probably dr- drinking a, a a lot of like red stripe, and I know factually eating a shitload of crawfish, because um, <laughs> shit gets weird when you're making movies in the middle of the night and um, you know fighting fighting with blob props, and there's only a couple of places open in a small town, so you're gonna eat a yeah. lot of you're gonna eat a lot of whatever's good. Yeah, I yeah I imagine small town Louisiana is similar to maybe small town around here, and yeah. has like a weird place. Yeah, where you can, where you can, <laughs> yeah. um, yeah, buy crawdads at eleven. So yeah, where you uh, buy buy crawdads at like two in the morning and like see a weird group of of like bikers and like the the transgendered person and the drunk punks and like who the hell are you people? What are you doing in the middle of the woods? <laughs> don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, this, here's this, some crawdads. <laughs> yeah, don't blow my cover. Eat this corn. Yeah, and. Yeah. and uh, there are a, there are some there are a few astounding things about this movie um, under the under under the the gr- grimy pink surface um, that in addition to the the actual film itself um, there there are some the casting of the movie is very interesting and competent and dynamic there are but there are a bunch of people that are cast in this that are interesting for various reasons. Um, for instance, there is, uh, Paul McCrane playing is a guy, he's a character actor that is famously the melty pud face guy from RoboCop. Yes. Who, um, who gets, gets turned (laughs) into, uh, oddly, uh, a a pile of goo thanks to a toxic waste spill in the dystopian future of, um, Detroit. And he (laughs) plays, ironically, a, uh, yeah, like I said, a, a, a sheriff's deputy. Yeah. Um, and you know, actually, I saw him at Whole Foods one time. He was going in while I was going out. I was like, <laughs> "Hey, it's multi face guy," but you can't say that to somebody in real life, right? You yeah, because like, you, yeah. you want it to be nice, but you're like, he every that's the thing he gets yelled at all the time. You yeah. know what I mean? You're like, "Hey, like, did hey you fucking melt? Face. You how long did it take to shoot that scene where you fucking melt and get splattered like a fucking locust all over RoboCop's car?" Going, um, um, uh, no thanks. I'm just trying to. Trying to buy these black-eyed peas, and so, um, there is uh, Candy Clark, who is uh, a very uh, attractive blonde character actor who dies of a um, crushing imploded phone booth gag from the Blob, totally consuming the phone booth that she's in, trying to call for help, and she sees the the sheriff's melted face rub up against the glass of the phone booth right before <laughs> she fucking shatters in on her and consumes her whole. Um, yeah, there yeah. is um, Erica Aleniak, who is extremely famous for a few roles, one of them being the hottest of the hot chicks in uh, Baywatch, I'm pretty sure if I'm if I'm not mistaken, um, and she's also the like the hot chicken. Uh, what's that um, Seagal movie? Under Siege. Oh, Under, Under Siege. You know, oh. what I mean? remember what I mean? Yeah, I think she's dancing around and just like a white. Th- yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I think she was a Playboy model too. 
Pro- yeah, probably. I yeah. think probably that and Under Siege probably happened at like the same time as like a promotional yeah. tie-in. Uh, yes. But, um, and she plays um, a, a hot teen who is kind of getting like slow motion date raped by her uh, boyfriend in the back of a car. And I'm not exaggerating this at all. Like this is factually what yeah. happens. But it turns out that she hasn't just fallen asleep, that she's been internally blobbed. And so yeah. he gets a really fun Instacarma where these like blob, these really weird like intestinal kind of phallic blonde tubules like shoot out of her and grab him. And her yeah. face fucking caves in from what is maybe like the suction effect of the blob taking the matter out of the rest of her body is my yeah. head cannon. And you're like, Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's the, it's it's the really most gruesome one. It's pretty rough. Well, yeah. it, it is maybe the most gruesome one, but let's put it up against a couple of the other two that are probably in the running. We'll say these are the top three. There's another one. Where the guy who is like the um, short order cook at the place where Candy Clark works, oh, who's yeah, like the one yeah. diner, he goes with a plunger to help unclog the drain that yeah. she was having trouble with. He's like, hey, I'll be a nice guy. And he gets the plunger and he's doing like the in the watery drain. And of course, we know it's <laughs> blobified. And then this fucking like big giant like D&D monster pink blob hand jumps out grabs him by the fucking skull and instead of eating him pulls him down into the like two and a half inch drain so so much that he just like turns into a fountain of fucking human chum (laughs) fucking amazing (laughs) and he's just like his legs and his fucking sneakers are kicking up in the air this just fountain of blood shooting up oh it's good shit good stuff he gets just totally sucked down in this like three through two and a half inch drain. It's delightful. And then that one <laughs> also has to compete with the gratuitous slime murdering of a, ch- a cute blonde child. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Later on, when the things are really up in it and Shawnee Smith is trying to save these these two toe headed boys uh, that are and everybody's chest deep in this rough ass sewer water. I I yeah. love. I really wish the world was full of the sewers that are in movies, where a <laughs> tiny fucking town has this colossal sewer system with these like forty foot, you know, like l- lit cavernous root chambers with like four walkable ninja turtle. You know, like yeah. the walkways that you can all get to and you can all see everywhere. And yeah. people are not complaining about the shit smell or like fighting yeah. off rats. And But, they, you know, they get into a really not great situation and the blob jumps through the water and grabs this kid and pulls him in. And then she's about to escape. And when he comes back, he's just like this very kind of robocopy, just melted you know, most terrifying episode of, of G.I. Joe kind of just like, just <laughs> like, oh, oh, no, Timmy's gone out of focus in the least pleasant way uh, kind of death. Yeah. And it would be like a rough death, but it's a double rough death because the kid's like 10. And you're like, <laughs> and you're like, when I, I was like, that was badass. That was good job, guys. That 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 was fucking cool. <laughs> and. Um, and this movie, and I'm not going to iterate every single scary ass death in this movie, because if, if the, there are going to be any dear readers at home that are going to be convinced to watch this movie, I want them to have 
additional reasons <laughs> to go and watch. And they're like, man, they really like the blob. Like it's fucked up in, in a good way. And, yeah. and, uh, but now that I've, I've given some of the, um, you know, the more gratuitous reasons why this movie is good. Um, there's some, there's some other really interesting things like, uh, Gavin, are you familiar with who the very famous person, uh, out of, um, Chicago comedy, the, the individual known as Del Close is, yeah, does that name is okay. Yes. So Del Close is, um, the person that is responsible for, fa- for founding, uh, the second city comedy yeah. troupe. Who, which means that Del Close is essentially the grandfather of like most um, 20th century American comedy in the sense that, you know, like like uh, Second City is not just responsible for most people that have been on Saturday Night Live, but yeah. also like half the people that have been um, on anything. You know, uh, Operate yeah, Citizens it, it, Brigade. In, in Hollywood movies. City, don't they? Yeah. Well, I think, no, you see, well... I forget whether they were UCB or Groundlings or where they were originally. Um, and now I forget because also UCB is now its own thing in LA. So yeah. I, I don't know. But the point is that Del Close was kind of the um, pater, pater familia of mid 20th century comedy uh, teaching. Yeah. And therefore, he is just like, he has affected. Um, comedy culture and culture at large in movies, TV, and beyond in ways that are essentially impossible to calculate. Um, yeah. Because if you if you watch a funny thing, somebody in it uh, almost certainly ha- was in Second City. You know, if you like The Office, you know why? Because um, p- people were in Second City. You know, you like yeah. you like Parks and yeah. Recreation because people were in Second City. You like Ghostbusters because yeah. people were in Second City. Yeah. Um. You like Canadian comedians because they're friends with people that were in Second City if they weren't pretty themselves. much. Yeah. And so Del Close um plays the role of the kind of like uptight but kind of a mildly manic preacher. Um. Yeah. And I found that to be a very interesting role for him. He kind of he's he kind of gives off like Mark Mothersbaugh's uncle vibes, kind of like big, awkward, square bifocal glasses with wire frames yeah. and a you know one of those one of those sh- shitty mid American side part haircuts for guys that are losing their hair and combing it, you know, um, very uniformly. Uh, preachers, they're called preachers, and and uh, and. Um, I, I just found that to be an interesting kind of like nut in the machinery. Um, yeah. Bill Mosley also, who is a famous, a very famous character in, um, uh, the, the 21st century horror landscape for being in like basically all of Rob Zombie's movies and being yeah. ch- chop top in some of the, uh, Texas Chainsaw sequels, et cetera, et cetera. He yeah. plays soldier number two who is down there with um, Shawnee Smith and the two toe-headed boys when things go really sideways. And uh, um, uh, the, his, it's his bazooka that is um, grabbed to, yeah. to, to, to save them. Do you remember that part? Yeah. Where um, the, the, they, trap Kevin Dillon, they trap Kevin Dillon and Shawnee Smith and the remaining little kid and soldier number two <laughs> down yeah. in the sewer. And there's a, a, a manhole for them to escape, 
but they're like, no, we're we're done with you. You might be infected, and you're 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 not lawful. You're chaotic, so you must die because <laughs> yeah. uh, you're not following the program. And so they 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 close the manhole cover. They drive a um, uh, a big science truck over it, so they can't get out. And uh, Kevin Dillon, you know, goes over the the microphone to the to the M16 guys, and he says uh, uh, some cool rebellious fuck you shit. And then yeah. <laughs> he grabs his bazooka, and he's and nobody understands. But then he fires the bazooka up. Uh, up the manhole and just blows the holy shit out of the science van, allowing them to escape. And yeah. it's actually pretty cool. I, you know, I, I'm, I, that's one where I wanted to like, I, you know what? I would like somebody to myth buster the physics on that <laughs> because I, you know, I, I don't know how much that would cost you to do, but you know, it's kind of like you get a, you could get a box truck full of, you know, a, a, an appropriate amount of equipment and yeah. sit it on a suit, sit it on a sewer grate somewhere out in the desert and you know, do a ballistics test test to see whether it would actually blow it up like a like a, a fucking matchstick house. Yeah, I forget what bazooka he's using, but I would give my expert ballistic science opinion, which like I really do know a lot about this shit. So like, uh -huh. it's 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 a, it's <laughs> but, one of those. I can tell you just visually, it's one of those tube deals. Okay. That, it's not an R, It's not an RPG, but it kind of looks like one of those RPGs. Yeah, you know, like it's a, it's green and it's about two an and a, two feet long. Yeah, maybe. And it's yeah. it's not fucking huge. It has no exterior ballistic imprint. It's just a tube, yeah. right? Yeah. With a button on it. Yeah, that's a yeah, that's a the LAW. It's a light anti-tank weapon and that would like so it shoots up and does the van like come up off the ground or anything? Yeah, that's the that's the thing is that I mean, okay. I believe it would do what he does is he, sh he shoots it like 20 feet directly upward. It yeah. hits a manhole cover that one tire of the vehicle uh, is sitting on, and yeah. the explosion removes the manhole cover and not only explodes the truck but throws it off of the manhole cover. No, and that as soon as it hits the manhole cover, it would detonate a shape charge, which shoots a molten jet of copper to like create a vacuum inside of a tank, and like that definitely would not happen. <laughs> So like the the thing that gets destroyed would be the manhole cover. <laughs> yeah, I was I was thinking that yeah. maybe best possible scenario you would get a colossal backdraft that would just come like peel the paint off of your face. Yeah, you know what I mean, that yeah. you would just you would come you would come back as Cobra <laughs> Commander. Yeah, like, six months later. <laughs> no, like it might like the explosion might come up and ignite the gas tank, like. Explosions are weird, yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you, it's it's more than Hollywood plausible. You know what I yeah. mean? Uh, where yeah. I was like, I really want somebody to mythbusters that because it looks cool as fuck, <laughs> yeah. and it, it's and it is like, it is engine, it is ingenious enough. You're like, okay, cool. The <laughs> yeah. the the character that with the out of the box thinking, thought out of the box, and and is do, and is doing a fuck you to the man, and it's it's, it's cool enough. You know, like one scene ago, yeah, or one scene after this. One of the M16, you know, biohazard guys who, for some reason, ostentatiously has some grenades strapped to the exterior of his, like, um, you know, <laughs> yeah. white, white spacesuit. Like, yeah. when the blob is going to, like, creates a massive tentacle to, like, glomp him down, like, pulls all of the pins on them as he lays down to, like, sacrifice himself to the glory of the blob. Yeah. <laughs> 
And you're like, okay, well, see, I will play it a little fast and loose with the plausibility of this, so that's fine. You know, bazooka truck, whatever, it's cool. Um, <laughs> but it's badass enough that it, it rides the rule of cool, and and you know, so I'm I'm here for, I'm here for the party. <laughs> In addition to being like, man, it's fun as hell, and uh, people die in really hilarious and interesting ways, which is like <laughs> that would be enough. Yeah. Um, it. There, there are various obvious and less obvious references to that. To clearly, Frank Darabont and Chuck Russell, the writer and director, um, were reading a lot of Stephen King. You know, they're the yeah. characters. Yeah, named, clearly, characters, <laughs> na- char- characters named Flag in both yeah. the Stand and this. Yeah, um, similarities to I'm sorry, they're both in the Stand and this. There a lot of there's a bunch of references or allusions or similarities or parallels, however you want to do it, to the stand specifically. You know, you've got a, <laughs> yeah. a, a viral-based thing that's going to come out of nowhere and kill a lot of people and you got to fight it. Um, you've obviously got that this movie is... This movie is also extremely similar to a couple of other films that are big at the time. Um, the Thing... Yeah, um, with John Carpenter, that is about in this case an alien, as was in the 1950s blob. Um, yeah. That is difficult to understand. That consumes things uh, whole and then takes them over to a certain extent and is <laughs> unstoppable up to a certain point, but is coincidentally also con- con- contained, constrained, and controlled by uh, extreme cold. So there's yeah. another there's another layer there. Um, the uh, connection to the stuff is not a lightweight one. The stuff certainly yeah. has a lot of a lot of similarity, um, you know. The but in the in the case of both the stuff and the thing, you know, this is like a personality theft as opposed to just like eating y'all up, like kind yeah. of amoeba style. When I was a little girl, I didn't think there was anything that I liked better than ice cream. Now I'm a big girl, and I've decided there's something I like better, much better. It's called the stuff. The fly is also uh, frequently referenced as being uh, related to, you know, the 1980s fly. Yeah. It's interesting because also the the thing and the fly are also remakes of 1950s yeah. B matinee movies. Yeah. And that's um it's kind of interesting. Unfortunately, this movie did um shitbags at in the uh the box office because it yeah, was up weird. it was well, it was up against. Um, oh. it, was, uh, it was up against who shot, who framed Roger Rabbit. Ah, and it was, uh, and something else. Uh, and I think it was Die Hard. <laughs> oh, was, uh, so you, so uh, you kind of, you kind of had, you kind of, you, you know, y- if you wanted something edgier, you were going to go watch Die Hard. Yeah, yeah. And if you wanted something for the kids. It yeah. wasn't about um, flesh eating um, uh, viruses. You were gonna go eat. Go. You were gonna go uh, <laughs> watch Roger Rabbit. Yeah, and that's that's definitely how you lose at the box office. Is competing yeah, against this is also those two not, movies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and um, and the the creators of the film all the creators of the film also complained that that the marketing push was just not very good, and they didn't have a sense of how to how, how to market it. Which yeah. I can understand because I think even even. Um, Frank Darabont and Chuck Russell, the creators, um, they, they said that maybe they, they left too much comedy in it and it gave people mixed signals about what it was about. And here's the thing (laughs) is like, I I think you're, I think you're wrong. I think 
in yeah. your experience, I think you're ex- in, a, in your experience of it. That's true in that you lost money and then um, it didn't work out well with the with the studio. But your careers ended up being fine. <laughs> and yeah. I think the I think if you sucked more comedy out of the movie, it would be a worse movie. I think. Yeah. I think the fact that the movie is kind of fucking funny is is a plus. I mean, yeah. the, it, this being dead serious is not to anybody's benefit. It just in the long term <laughs> creates more unfortunate comparisons with the original blob, which was yeah. uh, serious as all fuck for yeah. no good reason. Yeah. I got it. I got it. There are mutations caused by radiation. Or no, no, no. Government built them. Big surprise for the Russians. Random, random trivia. If you uh, make the obvious visual association between the pink undulating goo of the 1980s blob and Ghostbusters 2 and the um, psychic sludge that overtakes Manhattan. Well, not so coincidentally, there were a couple of small B-roll shots that were literally pulled from the blob and used in Ghostbusters 2. So Uh a, a a couple of the minor shots where the goo is like running through a crevasse or through yeah. a miscellaneous like chunk of landscape. You're like, what the fuck is that? Well, those are, yeah. those are not for Ghostbusters too. They were literally stolen from this movie. Yeah. There's like two montages of the, of mm-hmm. goo running around. And I can think explain. Well, I did watch Ghostbusters too, like every day for three years, but like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, um, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Could you shut up? Um, I want to shout out, the uh, the guy that is dis- that is the head of the makeup department because the makeup um, the makeup that's done on this movie fucking kicks ass the yeah. monster the monster effects are really good they did a lot with a little relatively the movie even at the time um, eight million dollars was not a lot to make yeah. a, a movie that is very very effects um, oriented yeah uh, this guy Tony Gardner. Um, was also famous for doing the effects on Zombieland and Darkman. Um, and yeah. oddly enough, is the designer of the helmets for Daft Punk. So um, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I will I will tip my um, uh, obfuscating chrome helmet to you, Tony Gardner. Yeah. Um, and uh, Ch- Chuck Russell and Frank Darabont, who I've already mentioned a couple of times who directed and uh, wrote this film, Frank Darabont, if you do not know his name, is responsible for everything um, uh, The Walking Dead related. Ah. He's like basically the creator of The Walking Dead in a complicated and um, uh, politically fraught way. Uh, <laughs> so however you feel about that, it's, I'm, I'm not going on a tangent about that. Um, but, and Chuck Russell has done a, a few things. Then they have collaborated most on, ostentatiously, they collaborated on, Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors, immediately prior to this, um, such that the filming of this movie had to be delayed so they could finish doing Dream Warriors. Yeah. And that's my favorite um, uh, Freddy sequel. It's the best sequel, yeah. It's it's fucking hilarious. The gags (laughs) rule. The premise is great. And he gets some of the funniest shit to do and say. And it still functions within the reality. He's not like coming in. He's not jumping into reality and crashing your pool party. Like some Freddy sequels yeah. do. But anyway, um, that, you know, they, they both had um, interesting careers. 
I, Kevin, if I was to ask you, like, yeah. what, what, um, what, when you think of this pink undulating goo that swallows teenagers and throws tentacles around, um, intended, uh, date molesters and, and, and sucks unwitting, uh, short order cooks down drains, what, what? like meta idea does it imply to you it's like what does this all mean does it does it seem like it means something other than that to you or or no, no? i i immediately would think that i could get away from it and this is a this is a me situation i come out <laughs> okay. on top in this one and um <laughs> uh-huh. and uh the the like the concept of it all like an all consuming mysterious shapeless and sizeless because it's like, does it stay one entire entity the whole time and grow, or does it like branch off and become multiple blobs? Well, it it pretty much is one super yeah. blob with the um, the subtail plot of a little piece of it gets stolen by the preacher played by Del Close. Yeah, that at the end is revealed as a teaser for a sequel where his face is all mangled and he's yeah. kept a little piece of it in this like. Uh, sealed canning jar yeah. that he's like maniacally toying with as he's like you know um you know as he's touring the the the, the bleak christian hellscape of kansas whatever the fuck with <laughs> yeah. his fire and brimstone um sermons yeah so that's the only branch off that it has it's not a thing that's really explored in the film other mm-hmm. than that then I would pull from like um, any metaphor or lesson or anything from it. I would say like just just like continue to watch out for shit. <laughs> just just <laughs> just be vigilant. Yeah, and be terrified. cautious. Be just cautious. Be scared. Some things are gonna hurt you. It's like <laughs> the, like anything could creep up and bite you on the ass. <laughs> be scared. The American be way. Be scared. <laughs> Horde MREs. And bullets, <laughs> just in case. I have two guns, one for each of you. Well, not to that point, but I mean, don't, <laughs> don't go, um, don't keep your eye, don't take your eyes off of anything for more than ten seconds. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing a really bad job finding a middle point somehow between. Some that somehow less than horde bullets and and meals ready to eat and yeah. don't take your eyes off of anything for less than ten seconds. I think most people would actually say that the latter might supersede the former yeah. in paranoia, vigilance, and anxiety. If you were to just ask them flatly to like put them on a scale, well, they might actually say that one was past the other one. As a as a horror movie fan, and everybody knows what I mean, you know, just watch out for the all the monsters. <laughs> just just keep a fucking eye out. Just yeah, don't. Just, just keep your eye out. <laughs> Sleep lightly, my friends. Yeah, if you are if you are blob ready mentally, it'll help. It'll then that's <laughs> enough to save you. <laughs> if you. Stay blob ready. Stay well, blob ready. I can get away oh. from this. <laughs> Nothing moves the blob. I'll say I think it's harder to I think it's harder to pin down what the blob represents as a monster. I can I can point to something that's easier to explain, which is the the primary and overarching lesson of the film is that 
authority is bullshit and people that trust authority are dumb <laughs> because yeah. because I, at every turn the film is about how Kevin Dillon's character is kicked and pushed down and that his his freewheeling cafe racer fixing scrappy leather jacket wearing shit kicking attitude is what saves everybody yeah. because he doesn't listen to the man when the man tells him how would it be yo yeah you He's, stay in that <laughs> sewer with that blob <laughs> no. yeah <laughs> with the other disenfranchised white suburban people yeah and yeah. but but tr but truly the the fruit the the it really the film really takes a claw hammer and whacks you slowly on the forehead with it's like the following authority is dumb the preacher is evil and wrong the yeah. cops are stupid the military guys are bad it's yeah. a conspiracy from the federal fucking government like yeah. every single turn it was is anti-authoritarianism yeah. in a way that i do love and appreciate out of these, you know, Vietnam Vietnam era boomers making this movie. So, like, I do love the anti-authoritarian uh, yeah. message. It's just, it's that message is just, it, it is a little drummer boy, just like whack, 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 yeah. and it sticks. And I, I don't mind it because I, one thing I will tell you is, uh, movie audience, if if movie audiences are good at anything, uh, it is not learning a fucking lesson from a movie. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like people, people watch Mad Max and, and generations later they come back and they go like fucking leather is badass, And I want to yeah. kill. I want to kill and drive, drive loud cars. Humvees to the theater to watch Mad Max. This is a stick up. Anybody moves and the dead mate. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get on my soapbox and do my happy feet rant right now, but I'll save that for another time. But the the, the, the point being that George Miller, the creator of the Mad Max films, also created the movie Happy Feet, which is a uh, yes. film that is divided yes. in half in yes, between yes, a bunch yes. of dancing penguins and an incredibly aggressive message about anti uh, uh, conservation of the planet, which is yes, yes, both complicated and. Uh, done in a very half hand uh, very ham-handed way uh because uh, you know i wanted my one of the audience to be like what the fuck is you talking about happy feet for but the the the, the point is i i i was trying to um i was trying to to shove the blob as the monster into one specific petri dish or the other you know and i i i, I think if you wanted to be too clever by half you could be you could be the kind of person and if you if you were the kind of film professor who was going to critique these movies and you wanted to like wow a whole class full of um you know uh sophomore film students you yeah. could say the same thing about it as the thing which is like it's about the AIDS crisis but accidentally yeah. and and that would be actually a pretty fucking smart film paper yeah. i just i find it a little bit I find it a little bit overly, uh, overly clever. And, and because, <laughs> and but why would somebody compare the thing or this to the AIDS crisis? Well, it's happening at the time. And particularly in the case of, of the thing, it's a group of only men who are trapped together in a confined space who pass a virus back and forth and can't trust each other because they don't know who does and does not have the secret virus that 
like corrupts your personality, blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Well, if you take the timing and the fact that it's a virus, is you know, a conspiracy made by the government, you essentially what you come up with is, is <laughs> you come up with like the food pyramid. <laughs> Basically, it's like, yeah. I, I just spitballed that off the top of my head where you go like, well, maybe we shouldn't be eating 1100 calories of pasta every day. Like, shut up, listen to your home ec teacher and don't <laughs> question it. Yeah. Je Jello and seven servings of cereal are good for you every day. Do not think about it and keep drinking your ecto coolers, you little rat bastard. And uh, <laughs> I, so, but the blob is one of these um, multi function triple tap metaphors that is not one clean and dirty thing. Uh, and that's, that can be, if that's going to be a feature, not a flaw in the same way that we have discussed that, um, the, the body snatchers are a complex evolving metaphor, although obviously they are like, we finally concluded the boomers yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> the night of the living dead zombies in the original night of the living dead. They are not a, clean and dirty metaphor for the Russians or for communism or for the left wing or for the right wing that a, a smart and dynamic metaphor is something that implies different things to different audience members and, and fun house mirrors their own anxieties back at them in a way that if you, if you show a hundred people this movie and you ask them, what does this movie represent? You're going to yeah. get maybe not a hundred different answers, but maybe 50. Yeah. And, um, and the blob is similar. I think you could, I think that yeah. there's there, there, that it, it, it does piggyback enough on the, um, <laughs> the shape of the original movie that, that consumerism and hyperconsumption in mid 20th century capitalism is like definitely high up there on terms of like, what the fuck is this about? <laughs> but it I could mean I'm, a lot of things kind of like a big old blob of things. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> I, I, I don't, I don't think there's, I don't think there's a clear analogy there. I don't think there's um, some like, you know, cl clean duct tape, uh, sign that you can slap on it and write on it in Sharpie. Like, well, this yeah. is, you know, this is, this is the Ruskies or something. Yeah. It, but, it, but it, in both instances, both in the original fifties film and in the eighties movie, it, it is really, um, churning up a big cultural cold war anxiety where I don't think the movie makes sense now that the Russians are not the great big enemy with a capital E now that we don't yeah. have that big bad guy that the, and maybe it's also, maybe it's nuke, maybe it's nuclear anxiety. You know what I mean? Maybe the, yeah. maybe it's trying to internalize, um, an existential threat that is in the hands of the government that, we should probably not trust them with, but they keep telling yeah. us we'll be fine. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, and is held by both the Russians and the Americans. Yeah. And, and, and if you just listen to authority, you have no reason to fear. Yeah. Um, and, and maybe that, maybe that's the, maybe that's the totally clean one. And I, it was just staring at me yeah. like a nuclear warhead the whole time. And I, I was, it was too pointy for me to see. I don't know. But, um, 
I don't know. I it it certainly is. It's a Cold War thing. Yeah. Because like for instance, yeah. there was a there was supposed to be a reboot or a sequel in 2015 that was going to star Samuel L. Jackson, and it was going to be a different um, origin blob. It was going to be like uh, I think it was going to be an alien again. Yeah. And he was he was <laughs> going to be like um, oddly. Not Nick Fury, but he was going to be a competent guy in charge of a special agency who was a scientist who, like, dramatically took off his glasses and solved it with, um, yeah. with um, <laughs> solved solved it with coolness, I guess. And it just did, didn't end up happening. And 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 here's the reason why. And I, you know, it probably went into production hell, or you know, somebody who had all the money died of a, 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 a heart attack because they did one too many rails at a party in Toluca Lake. Yeah. But in reality. <laughs> Probably like the last, um, the last movie with the body snatchers with um, Hottie McOlderson. What's her name? Uh, Tim. What's with the blonde lady that made the last movie that we did for Body Snatchers? What's the really famous one in the <laughs> from the movie with Tom Cruise? You know, what's her face? Ben um, Ryan? No, wait, no, 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 no. Wait, what? What? What the last Body Snatchers movie that had Vito Mor- Vigo Morganson? Oh, and oh, what's her um, he was chugging yes. all that Mountain Dew in the aisles of that Seven Eleven to try to stay awake so that the yeah, sn- my, Snatchers wouldn't get her. My eyes are you know, wide open. Frickin' my, yes, <laughs> yes. I am. I am digitally not getting butt fucked thanks to the sensors. Um, yeah, eyes. Fucking oh fuck. <laughs> Nicole Kidman. <laughs> Nicole Kidman. <laughs> See, that's what we should be TikToking is us. Danny McBride. <laughs> Danny McBride. Why was, why is that so funny? I mean, if you think if you think that we're not like that all the time, audience, you have no idea how much of that, that I cut out of every episode. So the reason that that Nicole Kidman's version of the Body Snatchers uh film didn't work is because the the context that makes the film relevant yeah. is no longer there. Yeah. The the reality that creates the relevance for body snatchers has since moved on. Yeah. W- what whatever the super metaphor is, it's no longer in place when you attempt to apply to apply it to like <laughs> Ted Cruz and George Santos. As yeah. much as I want to fucking have a weird Nicole Kidman movie that totally dunks on Ted Cruz. Yeah. This just didn't, it's just doesn't make a good movie. It, That's it not, was the politics is not the just point. like anti-sleep. I didn't really get it. It's like, I would love to welcome sleep. I do live with insomnia. This would be, a, this is another thing I could get away from. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you tried yeah. chugging dew in the, in the middle of the aisles of 7-Eleven? Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the yeah that one it fell short. At one point, did you know Rob Zombie wanted to remake the Blob? Well, the Blob is I, the Blob is good for a remake, and yeah. the, the time would the time to do it would have been twenty eighteen, which would have been that the three movies had come out in thirty year increments exactly. Yeah, but, you know you missed from, that window. From the concept art, it looks like he would have had uh, people who were blobbed that become like Blob minions. Yeah, of course he would have. Of course he would have. Yeah, yeah, of course he would have. Yeah, of course he would have. But, but the um, concept art looks cool. 
Yeah, that's possible. Yeah. <laughs> it's the thing about concept art is it always fucking looks cool. Yeah, like the, the dailies, about... the, da- the dailies always make a movie look good and the concept art always looks badass. That's yeah. why you hire concept artists. They're good at making concept art. True, true. You know what? I'm I'm glad it got to just there because that's um, as, as good as Rob Zombie movies get. <laughs> I was trying, you know what? Rob's, this was, that was the second or third time Rob Zombie came up already organically. And I was, I was, Making a point not to say anything negative yep. or even vaguely neutral. I was trying to be totally positive. So I don't know. drag me don't I drag know. me into your into your negativity. I'm not neg- I'm very conflicted about Rob Zombie. He confuses me. And it's, <laughs> He confuses me? And it's something to say. I listen I'm to him all the time. I'm worried that he would taste like Satan with a S E T A N and not taste like Satan. And that would just be a, a, a bummer on the American spirit. So what was the fucking point of all that goddamn eyes wide shut You were getting the point. The point hell. is, the point is that the, yeah. the, the time has moved on that some super metaphors, yes. some super metaphors only make sense in an era. And for some reason, the body snatchers and the blob yeah. really only make sense in this iteration yeah. In the Cold War era, and you, they would have to be wildly adapted in order for them to to properly make sense in a new era. Yeah, and I, I don't see how I don't see where it lives. Yeah, there's already been there's been so many conflicts that have erupted into full blown war that the Cold War is over and done with. I don't know what this era would be called in terms of yeah. war. <laughs> I do want to declare that I I would be uh, in favor of an extremely powerful, extremely tactical weapon being dropped directly on Vladimir Putin himself. Yeah, <laughs> I'm I am willing to state that as an individual citizen of the United States of America. Please, whoever is in charge of some government, drop uh, something on just that short little canker sore of a man. Yeah. You would think that would be a thing, like the leader. Russian killer. people, Russian people, you're you're all, you're you're fine. Look at your look at your centuries of art and culture. Jesus yeah. Christ, you're I'm, I don't want to I don't want to be against you. You 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 got cool stuff. You got probably some tea and some some fish that I'd like to eat. I don't know. I'd like Nostalgia. to go over there and try it. They have a <laughs> yeah. they, they have a special forces police unit dedicated solely to caviar. Fucking hell. Because, because, like, yeah, like, uh, uh, knockoff caviar is so big of a crime. <laughs> right. Yeah. All right. I mean, it well, is. I'm, I'm being serious. None of no, that. No. Yeah. No. No. Yeah. I'm not. I don't think you're fucking around. That's a problem. <laughs> yeah. Somebody's got to get to it. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, on that bombshell. Nothing moves the blob. Gavin, we have to ask the um, perennial question. Is it, is it, is it, is it, is it Bitchin' Van Art? Is the Blob from 1988's The Blob Bitchin' Van Art? Crap. Like, um, no. Yeah, no. No, you know what? <laughs> there would be a Bitchin' Van in it. <laughs> I... <laughs> like, a Bitchin' Van uh... would be featured... In a blob situation. This is, this one is, this one's, this is one where you would have to cut, you would have to slice the cake in such a yeah. serpentine fashion 
because you would have to feature a lot of dirt bike M16 and Kevin Dillon to yeah. get the movie it the blob to yeah. be a bitch and van art. Yeah. But the the monster is definitely not yeah. a bitch and van art. The definitely monster not. is some chewing gum with some roadkill trapped inside of it. It is and 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 I don't mean that to be disparaging of the effects. The aspect the the effects are phenomenal. They, and the they, thing you know. is, like the the um the the blob kills have to be like multiple. There's no like one iconic blob kill. Oh wait, okay, hold on. Let me pitch you this. Okay. The blob van. Yeah. Is the blob. Okay. Hold, hold on. Okay. And then all of the kills are pushed up against the. Okay face of the van as if they're trapped inside the van ah. smooshing up against the surface of the van like being pushed out so is the blob bitch and van art the answer is the blob would have to transform the van ah, the concept of bitch and van art itself the blob has consumed the segment <laughs> bitch and van art to become bitch and van art nothing moves the blob oh no what's that Gooshing into the studio. Oh god. Oh, <laughs> oh no. no. Oh those geez. are rocket Rudy fans. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no. But um so is that a yes or a no? No. Yes. <sighs> oh. We're gonna leave it to you, the audience. Yeah. We'll leave it up to gonna, you. Just like what I is need... the blob a metaphor for? Yeah, that we need to know. We need to know. We're gonna so we're gonna, blobby su- that it's up to you. We're gonna suspend our judgment like Socrates the Great, uh, um, and uh, the um, the many the many great philosophers uh, underneath him, and um, wait for the input of the masses. Yeah. You get at us at oops at mo- oops all monsters at gmail dot com and yeah. oops all monsters at Instagram and tell us is, is the blob the blob from nineteen eighty eight. Kevin Dillon version of the film, Bitch and Vanna. Because um, it it's complicated. I, don't I know. know. I, I was, know. I think I was a no until I thought about the the effect of the the the, the kills coming from inside the van. Yeah. The kills are coming from inside the, the kills van. Kills are coming from inside <laughs> the van. Okay. <laughs> All right. Also, which do never take that audio clip of us saying that weird in a creepy voice and use that anywhere else, please. Yeah. And that brings us to the end of... No, wait. And that brings us to the end of our time with you, dear reader. Until next time when we deliver you another batch of beasts, bullywugs, and bowls of flesh-eating dessert fluff. And if you'd be so kind as to tell a friend about our show or support and or or both support us, by throwing Oops All Monsters a five-star review on iTunes or whatever format you listen to us on. That really does help. Do you like Rasselhog as a faction? Well, then tune in to Gavin Longshank's YouTube channel while I'll be putting out Rasselhog videos. That's a that's a Battletech thing. Back to you. I would have guessed it was a Battletech thing, but you yep. were, you know, if I was that confused, the audience was in Zim fucking Bobway. So, <laughs> who knows? Um, share an episode on your favorite social media and hit up our Instagram for the images that go along with each episode. Comment on the Instagram and engage the Instagram. Um, give us suggestions about what monsters we should cover in a comment on the Instagram or an email. If you want to email us about, uh, any story that you want to tell us, any monster related shenanigans or anything at 
all, you can mail us at oopsallmonsters at gmail.com. That's oopsallmonsters at gmail.com. And if you want to toss a coin into the potion fund, hit us up with a one-shot contribution at paypal.me slash oopsallmonsters. Or if you're feeling really froggy, we would appreciate it if you might sign up at patreon.com slash oopsallmonsters to benefit this show in an ongoing way. Lastly, I have to thank my wonderful friend Katie for our incredible theme song. Her work as part of the duo The Darling Kathleen's can be found on YouTube at The Darling Kathleen's. And with that, I've been Hess. Yes, and, that's, that's yes, I've been Gavin, of course. Yes, the blob. And we have been. Oops. Oops. The the blobs are coming from inside Oops, the van. All daisies. Oops. Daisies. <laughs> Oops. The daisy. All blobs. <laughs> oh God. Kevin Dillon. <laughs> He's, you know, my friend Patrick's like his cousin. Yeah? yeah for real, like cousin cousin. Huh. <laughs> yeah. You have to hang out with Kevin Dillon sometime. I mean, if it comes up, I'll, I'll, I'll text you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fucking Ride cool. fucking dirt bikes out in the woods. Hell yeah. Fucking Kevin, Kevin Dillon's here. Get a gun off Dally. Cobra. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking cussing about the government. Well, now we're not. Now he's not going to hang out with us. He wasn't. He wasn't going. Don't worry. About it. <laughs> get a bitch in enough van. Get anybody in there. <laughs> <laughs>